Discover the tips and strategies that will help you achieve your retirement goals. I'm your host, James Canole, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you retire well. It all starts right here on Ready for Retirement. another episode of Ready for Retirement. I'm your host, James Canal. The topic for today is, is gold a good investment? Now, if you've been paying attention to gold, you've seen that it's been very hot this year. As of this recording, gold is up about 27% and the gold spot price is about $1,927 per ounce. So that's pretty good, especially considering if you've been looking at the stock market this year, there's not too many parts of the stock market that are up that much. In fact, most stocks are about flat or even down so far in the year with the recent coronavirus stuff and everything else going on this year. So this begs the question, does gold play a role in your portfolio? And if so, how should it play a role in your portfolio? And we're going to explore that in more detail in today's podcast. So before we start, there's there's typically, and sometimes there's more, there's typically three reasons people give to own gold. Number one, it's an inflation hedge. Number two, they considered it part of portfolio diversification. And number three, it has a history of holding its value. So those are three reasons I commonly hear. We're going to explore each of them. And before we do so, I'm just going to just give the disclaimer that I am not a gold expert. Now, I certainly think I know enough to understand how does it fit in a portfolio and how should we think about it. But there are some people that they know the history of the gold. They know gold inside and out and and, and they know all about it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to help you understand the things I think you need to know about gold from an investment standpoint and how should it play a role in your role in your portfolio. So here's where we are today. As I mentioned, the gold spot price is $1,927 per ounce. I mean, that's what it costs for one ounce of gold. Now, that's important because gold previously hit its high value way back in September of 2011. And at that point, the high value of gold was $1,895 per ounce. Since then, for the next eight and a half, nine years or so, gold was actually underwater, meaning it was lost value. So it dropped, it was up and down, and it just recently crossed over its high water value mark. So people see that. People see the government printing a lot of money. They see a lot of spending happening just as the economy is where it is with coronavirus stuff. And the concern is, is this a good reason to own gold? Is it going to be an inflation hedge? Is it going to help diversify my portfolio? Will it hold its value? Again, all those questions people ask when it comes to owning gold. So let's start with number one, gold and its history of holding value. So just a quick background on gold. There used to be what was called a gold standard. The gold standard meant you could convert one single dollar bill for a fixed amount of gold. And what happened was that was designed to hold the government in check, to prevent the government from overspending, to try to keep inflation in control. That was the theory behind the gold standard. If we're going to have a fiat currency, or if we're going to have a, a, a dollar as a currency, we need something to back that dollar up. What happened then in August of 1971, and there have been times when we temporarily took the U.S. off the gold standard, but President Nixon permanently removed the gold standard. So we fully went into a fiat currency, which means a dollar bill is not backed by any specific set amount of gold. So the U.S. would no longer convert dollars to gold at a fixed value. And this caused some people to have concern with fiat money. So again, the dollar and any other currency that isn't backed by gold or any other physical asset. So what people see in gold is they say gold has this intrinsic value and that it's rare. It's difficult to fake. It can be used for an exchange. Whereas a fiat currency, if you're reaching your dollar in your wallet and pull out a dollar bill, that's worth something as a medium of exchange as long as people see value in it. So that's the argument for gold. The difference now is the price of gold is no longer controlled. It used to be the dollar was pegged to gold. And in fact, between 1933 and 1974, it was actually illegal to physically own gold bullion. 
Gold bullion was what essentially monitored the nation's supply of money because gold bullion was what backed dollar bills and the dollar as a currency. And so to prevent people from hoarding it, the government actually made it illegal to physically own gold bullion. So the price of gold was very controlled because gold, again, represented the money supply. So when we come to understanding, is it a good store of value? Well, let's just look at the numbers. In 1934, Congress passed the Gold Reserve Act, and that raised the price of gold to $35 per ounce. That fast forward from 1934 to 1971, the price of gold was still $35 per ounce. So in terms of looking at its store of value, it hadn't moved, but it was also kind of artificially held low. The price of gold was, you could say, was maybe artificially held low because what happened after that is when we removed ourselves from the gold standard, the price of gold immediately shot up. And we'll look at those return numbers in just a second. But if you go way back to 1934, all the way to today, so I'm recording this in August, mid to late August of 2020, there's been a return, an annualized return since 1934 of about 4.8% on gold. So has it held its value? Sure, it's held its value just fine. It's, it's gone up in value. But the question isn't, has it held its value when we're looking at it from an investment standpoint? The question is, what are the alternatives? And if you simply use an alternative of looking at what would the Dow Jones Industrial Average have closed at in 1934 when gold is $35 an ounce? So the Dow Jones is just an index that tracks 30 of the larger blue chip companies here in the U.S. The Dow Jones Industrial Average closed at 104.4 in 1934. As of today, the Dow Jones Industrial Average currently is at 27,860. So 270 times higher what it was back in 1934, and that's not even including any dividends. So a big part of the compounding, a big part of the growth that you're going to get when you invest in stocks is those stocks pay dividends. And if you reinvest those dividends, those dividends buy more shares and those more shares create more dividends and it helps to compound the value of your portfolio. So even if we fully back out dividends from this example, just the Dow Jones Industrial Average is up over 270 times higher than it was back in 1934. Gold, it's gone up in value, but it's increased from $35 an ounce up to $1,927 per ounce, and it doesn't pay dividends. So there's, there's no earnings, there's no dividends from gold. So is it a store of value? Sure, it has held its value since 1934. And of course, you could cherry pick different dates, but I'm just going back to that because that's the point at which Congress passed the Gold Reserve Act, which raised the price of gold to $35 per ounce. So the question is, when you're looking for a store of value, could gold do it? Sure. But the alternatives is, would you rather own companies that could do that? And those companies, have they held their store of value more so than gold? And the answer is yes. In fact, those companies have gone up in value significantly more as an investment over time than has gold. So just something to think about. That's when it comes to gold and its history of holding its value. The second thing is people say, well, gold's an inflation hedge. If I have concerns about inflation, then I, I want to own gold because gold is going to not go down in value as inflation increases. That's, that's the argument. And again, if we look at it since 1934, gold has had a return of 4.8%. When you look at inflation and what inflation has increased by since 1934, inflation measured by the consumer price index has increased by 3.5% since that time. So has gold been an inflation hedge? Sure, but the real return on gold, so what it's earned minus inflation, so the real purchasing power increase in it, is about 1.3%. The difference between 4.8 and 3.5. So the real return on gold has been 1.3%. So it's hedged against inflation, but again, the question is at what cost? So against what alternatives? 
And when we look at gold as an investment in terms of it being an inflation hedge, here's the other thing we want to look at. Not just what's the return been, but in investing, one of the ways that you measure the risk of an investment is by what's called a standard deviation. So standard deviation simply means that you might have an investment that has an average return. So gold in this example, its average return since 1934 is about 4.8% but you don't get 4.8% every single year. You have some years that are much higher and some years that are much lower and everything in between. And what standard deviation measures, it essentially measures how far from the average could we expect the price to vary year by year. So the higher the standard deviation, the higher the risk or the higher the volatility. Well, the standard deviation of gold during this time has been 19.4%. That probably means nothing. That's just kind of an arbitrary number, but just for perspective, the standard deviation on the S&P 500, which is another index that measures the performance of just investing in U.S. companies, it's around 18%. Meaning the, the, if you think stock investing is risky, well, the risk of stock investing, as measured by price swings year to year, it's actually less risky than what gold has exhibited over the past, what was that, 80, 85 years or so. So did gold hedge against inflation? Yes, but it did so at a pretty significant cost, meaning the the year by year fluctuations and swings in that in the price of gold, it's pretty dramatic. So if we can see that there are alternatives and what alternatives exist, well almost anything as an investment. Stocks, sometimes bonds over this time period as well, other types of investment, real estate, all have actually grown by more than gold during this time period and in many cases they've done so with less risk. So could gold be an inflation hedge? Yes. Is it the best inflation hedge? In my opinion, no, but you'll have other people that argue the different side of that argument. So just wanted to run with some of the numbers there. And then number three, another good reason that people give or that they'll argue for gold is they'll say it's a, it's a good portfolio diversification. So this is where gold as an investment, the question of is it a good investment comes into play. So two points on this. The first point, number one, is it's not truly an investment, the way that I look at something as an investment. If I'm looking at something as an investment, I'm looking at it in terms of what can this thing that I'm investing in generate in earnings. If I'm going to put my money somewhere, I want to know that this thing I'm putting my money in, it's going to generate profits and earnings so that I can ultimately get my money back and then some. Well, gold doesn't have any earnings. Gold is metal and gold is only worth really what the next person is willing to pay you for it. So you can't run a valuation on gold like you could run a valuation if you were to buy stocks. You know, you buy stock in Apple. Well, Apple has real earnings and real profits. And as a shareholder, as a stockholder, you have a right to those earnings. So there's actual tangible profits that you can receive simply by owning shares of Apple or any stock for that matter. So when you're buying stock, it's a little bit easier to value it because you can understand what am I willing to pay for these earnings and these profits, whereas for gold, that doesn't exist. With gold, you're investing in it hoping that someone will pay you a higher price down the road. And now history has shown us that the price of gold does traditionally go up, but it doesn't go up maybe as much as other types of investments would. And there's not necessarily the earnings growth or the growth of investment or dividends like there is in stocks that we can count on. So that's the first point. Number two, is it a good investment? Well, it depends on the time period. I already saw that I already said that gold since 1934 has averaged 4.8% return since 1934. Well, that's true, but as I mentioned, the price of gold didn't change between 1934 and 1971 when the gold standard was removed. So it's maybe not a very fair assessment. If you look at how gold has performed since 1971, 
it's a different story. And again, in 1971, that's when the gold standard was removed. Gold was not artificially pegged to any dollar value. So that might be a more fair assessment. Now, the numbers I'm going to look at here, these are through the end of 2019, of course, the last full year. These numbers are going to be a little bit higher now just because this year gold has been up. But from 1971 through the end of 2019, so the end of last year, gold increased by 7.7% per year. So pretty good, better than the 4.8% we looked at going back to 1934. And again, that's because for a significant portion of that time, gold didn't have any return. But again, let's look at the alternative. Since 1971, if you look at how the S&P 500 had performed, it grew by about 10.7% per year. So 7.7 versus 10.7, both good, both are returns, but the S&P 500 over that time did outperform gold by about 3% per year. But let's break it down decade by decade because there are some time periods where that necessarily wasn't the case. But real quick, before doing that, if we actually look at the price of gold from 1980 until the end of 2019, so almost 40 years, right about exactly 40 years, the value of gold increased by about 2.74% per year. Meaning if you had invested $1 in gold in 1980 and held that until the end of 2019, that $1 would have turned into $2.95. So not a very exciting return. $100 turns into $295. $100,000 turns into $295,000. Do that same thing with the S&P 500. Invest $1 in the S&P 500 in 1980. Well, the return in the S&P 500 is up 11.8% over that time period. Again, through the end of 2019 which means $1 turns to $87 by the end of 2019, or $100 turns into $8,700. So that's pretty significant. $1 turning into 87 in the S&P 500 versus $1 turning into $2.95 if you'd invested it in gold, that's substantial. And the reason I'm talking about just the 1980 until now is because what we saw from 1971 to 1980 was we saw a huge run up in the price of gold. From 1971 to 1980, the price of gold increased each year on average 33.7%. That's an incredible return. $1 turns into $13.68 over that short time period. Now, for comparison, the S&P 500 during that time, it only averaged 5.8% per year. So not terrible, but certainly a whole lot less than what gold did. So the reason I bring that up is, as I mentioned, from 1934 to 1971, and, and again, I'm not a history buff with this. I'm just kind of looking at the numbers and, and showing you the way I see this. Gold didn't return anything. It was artificially pegged. That's from 1934 to 1971. From 1980 until the end of last year, gold really didn't do much either. It was up 2.75% or so, so, so fairly insignificant. But from 1971 to 1980, gold had a huge return. 33.7% per year, which is a total return of 1,267%. So to me, the way I see it, and again, this may, there, there may be other details here, but what I'm looking at is you almost have this artificially low return because the government pegged gold to a certain value. It couldn't return any more than that. You had a zero return. But then over the next nine years, once that peg was removed, the price of gold skyrocketed. But then since then, from the end of 1980 until the end of last year, Gold really hasn't done a whole lot. So the way I'm looking at this, and again, there, there could be other ways of looking at this, is you almost artificially suppress the price of something for long enough that when you take off that suppression, when you unsuppress it, the price really radically and dramatically increased for a period of about nine years, but since then has gone back to, to a much lower rate. So to kind of break that down further, in the 1980s, gold averaged negative 2.4% per year for an entire decade. So if you'd invested a dollar in the 1980s, you actually had fewer dollars 
you had less than a dollar by the end of the decade. The S&P 500 during that time, it averaged 17.5%, while gold lost 2.4 for a decade. The 1990s, gold was down 3.2% for the entire decade. So again, that's now 20 years in a row where gold has lost money, compounded losing money for a significant period of time. Well, the S&P 500 during that time, it averaged 18.2%. So if you invested all of your money in gold in the 80s or 90s, you weren't happy with your investment portfolio. You would have done much better investing in stocks and just owning the S&P 500. Well, in the 2000s, things really quickly changed. From 2000 to 2010, people call that the lost decade. Because if all you had invested in was the S&P 500, you actually lost 1% per year. So if you invested a million dollars in the S&P 500 on January 1st of 2000 and you didn't touch it for the next 10 years, well, 10 years later, you looked at your portfolio and you had about $910,000 in there. It's not a fun experience to go 10 years and lose a significant amount of money if you started with a significant amount of money going into the decade. Well, had you invested in gold during that time period, gold was actually up 14.3% over the 2000s. During the 2010s, gold is up 3.37% from 2010 to the end of 2019, compared to the S&P 500 up 13.6%. And then the year to date so far, gold's up 27%. The S&P 500 is up just a little bit. So that's maybe more detail, more information that we need to look at. But what I'm seeing and what we're looking at here is, is gold a good investment? Sure, but it depends on the time period. And what you'll see is you'll see long periods of gold doing tremendously well, followed by long periods of gold just not doing anything at all. And so as an investor, you have to ask yourself, if you want to invest in gold, are you willing to go 5, 10, 15, 20 years, as we've seen in some cases, not making money? You know, we just came off of a, what would that be, an eight and a half year run of gold not making any money. So could it play a role in your portfolio? It could to me, typically, if I'm building a portfolio for a client, I'm not starting with gold in there. But to me, the best portfolio is a portfolio you're going to stick with. So I do have some clients where they passionately believe in gold. And if you believe in something enough, and if that's going to give you enough comfort to stick with it and to, to stay fully invested, even when the market's a little bit crazy and to feel a little bit more like you have more diversification or you have a hedge against inflation, sure, allocate a portion of your portfolio to gold. I wouldn't recommend a high part. I don't personally own any gold. I don't typically recommend any gold. But if that's going to be something that allows you to feel more comfortable with your overall strategy, go for it. But to me, it's just not something I would start with. The last thing I'll say on this, and again, just comparing gold to just investing simply in the S&P 500. So the difference between owning a metal versus owning companies. Look at it this way. Gold since 1971 has had 19 down years. Five of those years, it was down over 20%. And this is through the end of last year. So essentially what you're seeing is, is gold 40% of the time since 1971 has been down. 10% of the time, on average, it's been down over 20%. Compare that to owning companies and investing in companies with real profits, real earnings, real dividends, real ways of just simply valuing the company based on cash flow. Well, the S&P 500 over that same time period has had 12 down years compared to gold's 19 down years. Additionally, the S&P 500, it has had two years where it was down over 20% since 1971 compared to gold that has had five years of being down over 20% since that time. So if declines are something you're trying to protect against, a lot of people when they come to me and ask, should I invest in gold? It's because they want to protect against declines. If that's really your concern, my question to you is gold really the best thing to do that? As we saw, it's not 
a stable investment. It can be an investment. It has gone up in value, but it's not what I would consider stable. And if you're trying to avoid volatility, I'll let the numbers talk for themselves. But my opinion on this as well is that I wouldn't necessarily look at that as the best means of obtaining portfolio diversification or a hedge against inflation or even a history of holding its value when you simply look at something like the S&P 500 or any other investment into companies, any other diversified investment into good companies that has shown an ability to hold its value, hedge against inflation, and diversify a portfolio may be much better than gold has. So those are my thoughts. Like I said, I'm not the expert on this, but I think I know enough and understand enough as to how it pertains to the investing side and the portfolio side that I think that's helpful to walk through some of those numbers so that you can come to a good conclusion about where gold fits or doesn't fit in your own portfolio. So thank you very much for listening. If you have not subscribed already, please go ahead and do so. And I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to episode number 22 of the Ready for Retirement podcast. If you're enjoying the show, I would love to know. Please leave a five-star review to let me know if so. And if you haven't already done so, please subscribe. To see the show notes or the resources mentioned in today's episode, please get it, go over to the Ready for Retirement website at readyforretirement.co. And if you have a question that you'd like for me to answer in a future episode, there's a tab on the readyforretirement.co webpage where you can submit a question that I'll answer in a future episode. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next time. Hey everyone, it's me again for the disclaimer. Please be smart about this. Before doing anything, please be sure to consult with your tax planner or financial planner. Nothing in this podcast should be construed as investment, tax, legal, or other financial advice. It is for informational purposes only.